Kind of feels that way, Browns fans, doesn't it? Uh, new coaching hire. We're going to break it all down here. Deep Podesta, out of control, running wild. Deep Podesta mania, analytics mania. As we welcome you in to a postseason doghouse. Your inside look at the Cleveland Browns. Andy McNamara alongside Matt Florjancic from WKYC Sports in Cleveland on SB Nation Dogs by Nature. Brought to you by our good buddies at Cleveland Whiskey. Matt, my bottle's empty. My <laughs> I need more Cleveland whiskey after after Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski hired as the new head coach. We, we're going to give give our reaction, our thoughts, GM decision still at large as well. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81, at Matt Florjancic. Matt's going to have and has up right now a bunch of great stories at WKYC.com slash sports. Uh, we want your reaction too, folks, so don't be shy. Matt. Just And we'll get into kind of the reports of how the structure is in a moment. But Stefanski gets announced as head coach. What goes through your brain first? I'm kind of eh, either way. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. understand why the football people are, uh, are upset. And I understand why the analytics nerds are through the roof excited about the fire. Um I think he's going to be more balanced than we give him credit for. Uh, it's just a matter of because of who brought him in and who is seeking a power play because of his hire uh, that we're all a little cynical and skeptical because we've seen the, the deep Podesta train uh, go off track quite a bit. Um, one in 31 is hard to forget. And I think when you put somebody who is essentially the architect of one and 31 uh, in charge is making one of the more important decisions that a franchise can make, uh, you've got problems. And that's why people aren't looking very fondly onto this hire. Um, I wrote a reaction piece about what fans thought. Um, and I was told my headline yeah, <laughs> might be a little too negative, but it took me 45 minutes to find one positive tweet about the Kevin Stefanski hires. So <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. I, I don't really, I don't really know that the Browns realize quite yet the Hornets nest that they kicked over by putting Paul D Podesta in charge of this thing. And unfortunately for Kevin Stefanski, he's the guy that takes all the hits yeah. because people are upset with D Podesta. Exactly. And here's the, here's the thing, Matt, and this is why I want to get clear to our listeners and everything. In if we isolate the whole situation, I I don't love, but I'm I'm willing to give Kevin Stefanski a chance as a as a head coach. Okay, I, I'm not the higher. Would I preferred a more experienced guy like McCarthy or even McDaniel's with all his baggage? Yes. Uh, or am I sick of first time coordinator guy getting their shot and trying to learn on the job and inevitably screwing up? Yes. But as Stefanski as a guy, I can. I can I can wrap I could be be talked to okay you know let's let's give this guy a shot. Here is my freaking problem with this whole thing, Matt. It's because Paul D. Podesta, who is not well, you too good for Cleveland, Paul. He does not live here. 
So it's not, it travels on game day. So this this guy, I was gonna say idiot, but you know he's listen. If if you can get if you can get that type of money out of a billionaire and not have to go to work every day, you're not an idiot. You're a genius. So bravo, Mr. Deepadesta. But Matt, here's the thing. This is this is what what horrified me. It came from Dustin Fox, is the setup of the coach, and this is why. This is why the Browns were not looking for the best head coach. They were looking for a guy to fall in line. They were looking for a yes man. They're looking for somebody who can just blend in and and appease, for whatever reason, Paul DePodesta and his magic spell over Jimmy Haslam. Like, uh, Matt, before I get to the Dustin Fox tweet, like, y- your reaction to that, did you, did you agree to that? Like, I don't feel they were looking ever for the best coach. They were just looking for someone to play nice. That's horrifying. If it, was, if it was truthfully about finding the best guy, their first and last interview candidates were the guys to choose from, my opinion. That would be Mike McCarthy and Josh McDaniels. Now, I, don't, I didn't like McDaniels. I, did, I was glad that they didn't hire him. But if you're looking purely at the best guy to help turn around the team – those might have been your best options. The thing with McDaniels is I think it was his job to lose, and I think he lost it. I think he went in there, and he said, I want to structure the organization this way. And De Podesta realized, well, shoot, I'm in charge of the coaching search. It wouldn't be a very good look if I hire the coach and then he fires me <laughs> he later. Yeah. I, I, I believe that that had more to do with it than we're giving credit Oh, yeah. To, um, it, it was a power grab to me, and like I said, Stefanski's kind of in a no-win situation because you, you dream of being a head coach in the NFL. You get your shot. You 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 want it. And you may have to eat a fair amount of you-know-what mm-hmm. to get that job or to keep it, but you still have it, and I think that's where we're at with it right now is just uh, uh, because of how analytics has struggled with this depart, uh, with this team, uh, in in recent years, I just see them looking at it, uh, fans looking at it cynically and skeptically and saying, hey, you know, we're going to give it a shot, but we know what we have to do and we know uh, we have to take it because we're caring for this team, mm-hmm. but we're by no means happy about it. And right. You have to prove to me that this thing can get off the ground. Yeah. Because and- I don't know that it can right now. No, I, I, I truly, I truly don't. And your point, I think, is spot on with Paul D. Podesta. Oh, well, I can't have McDaniel's because then I'll be out. Well, is that best for the organization? Is that best for the Cleveland Browns, or is that best for Paul D. Podesta? Too many me guys in that franchise. Too many me guys in that front office looking for their way or nothing. Now, could McDaniel's do a good job on the second time around? I don't know. But what I do know is the dude has been around. And been a part of six Super Bowl championships. Okay? He'd been around for a lot of years. Stefanski has been an offensive coordinator for one year and was an interim guy for a few games before. Is that not Freddie Kitchens, Matt? It, it, hello? Right? Is, is that he not has, what we just did? He has a little bit more experience than Freddie. And by a little bit, I think I mean 11 more games. Okay. Okay. So 11 games as an offensive coordinator. Been with one organization, the, the Vikings, for a long time. Uh, but that's it there. Here is the big question, which I don't believe we have an answer for yet. Is Kevin Stefanski going to call his own plays? If the answer is yes, 
We are screwed. Do not get comfortable with Kevin Stefanski because we are going to have a blow up in two years or less. We've done this movie, gone down this road, seen all of this all the time. Every time since 99, for God's sake, where you see a first time guy come in, get overwhelmed with the play calling, tries to keep it all themselves, doesn't work, gets fired. So this is the big question. If Kevin Stefanski comes in, Matt, and is going to have an offensive coordinator, and we don't know who that might be. We don't know if that guy's going to be any good. That's another question mark. But if Kevin Stefanski comes in, holds on to the play calling, and tries to do it all himself, why should I, as a Browns fan, have any confidence that this is going to turn out any better than anyone else over the past 20 years? Theoretically, you shouldn't. Right? Like, like, outside of blind faith. Of like, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's where you would be at with it, to be honest here. I mean, it's... Ah! you you have to trust that this thing might work and know that it, it probably won't. Um, the, the things that are being reported though, about game plans and what have you, oh, I know we'll get to that in a second. second. Yeah. Uh, that's more terrifying to me than a first, first time head coach calling his own. Oh, play. but Matt, we've seen, we, we've seen all this. Like, I, you know what? I have blind faith. That I'm going to win the lottery every week. I don't, I buy my ticket. I hope I'm going to win. I don't, I don't. I don't win. I don't win the the, the millions of dollars. Okay, that, that that's the same feeling. And here's the report. It's because you don't work for the Haslam. If you work I wish for I the Haslam and you got paid millions oh. of dollars to go away, you either hit the lottery. My right? God, guaranteed money. Is there a Haslam cousin I don't know about that you know we can hook our buddy Fog up with from South Carolina, marry him into the family <laughs> and get in? Like, come on, there, there's, let's hunt. There's got to be a single Haslam cousin that we can get in on this. Good Lord. What a disaster. Okay. Here's the Dustin Fox report. Um, quote on Twitter, and we'll give him credit at Dustin Fox 37. He says, was also told head coaching candidates had to agree to turn in game plans to the owner and analytics department by Fridays and to attend an end of week analytics meeting to discuss their plan. Now, the, the, the after the game part where like, okay, the game's over, you meet with the owner and whoever and GM, that's fine. Lots of people that do that. Yeah. that, that. That's cool. To turn in your game plan on a Friday before a Sunday, and, oh, you, you, you know, you, you might want to, good teams make adjustments up until to game time. To turn that into what, you're turning in homework? Who has final say? Matt, just have DePodesta coach the team. Come, come on down, Paul. You coach. If you're going to be making the final say, if you're going to be saying, if you're going to be having final say over decisions, and uh, what w- w- what is the room for going off script? What is the room for improvisation during the game? Is that allowed during I, this I thing? I don't think there is any room for improving it or calling a game on your gut. I I don't oh, see man. how turning your game plan in on Friday, two days before, and having the having to go over it with the owner who knows nothing about football nothing. and the analytics department who are a bunch of baseball nerds is going to help you game oh my plan, gosh. especially because all the practices are done. So if you practice something all week long and it works oh. every day in practice, I didn't think and then that. all of a sudden you get the game day and they're like, Oh, the analytics model says this is going to work. And then you get truck 31 to 10. Wow. Are you going to fire the coach because you believe that the analytics guys know what they're doing? Well, then if that's the case, then have Andrew Barry coach the team. Have D. Podesta get his yeah. Oh, wait, that's right. He would have to relocate and actually work 
for a living rather than throwing numbers into a computer from his living room and across the damn country and re- reporting maybe once a week during the season. And God what a gig. knows if he ever does in the offseason. What a gig. Man. Well, who can get that kind of uh, that kind of money? The only thing better than that is getting go away money. We hate you so much. We're going to pay you millions to leave. I wish someone would hate me enough to give me millions to go away. <laughs> I really do. That's that's the American Canadian dream right there. <laughs> I want someone to hate me enough to give me a million dollars to say go away. Who do who do I have to piss off to give me that? Paul D. Podesta. My next life, I want to be. Uh, Paul D. Podesta, you know, but but with my own looks, I don't like his uh, I don't like his hair, but it, like that 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 is that is remarkable. So Matt, I didn't even think of that situation, that side of it that you brought up. You practice everything all week, and if they're like, yeah, this this would really well, yeah, well, my algorithm says that you should be doing this, and like, oh, how are you going to implement it? How are the and let's look at this. How are the players? Okay, you can say all this is going. How are the players who are all on social media, we know that, reading this, how are they going to respect Kevin Stefanski? And I don't know how he sounds. I don't know what type of leader he is. Maybe he's a real cool dude. Maybe he gets in there and he's, you know, super good motivated. I I don't know. But if I'm a player and I'm reading this, why am I going to listen and respect to the head coach when I am, what from what I'm reading, know that he doesn't have the final say? How am I going to respect that? You're not. And to be honest with you, if I'm making a bold prediction on this hire, I don't think the roster right now as it currently is constructed looks anywhere close to what it will on uh, on September whatever when they kick off the season. I think if the analytics model says you can get a first rounder for Odell, he's gone. I think if there is might a be okay model with that. that says you can get a first rounder for Nick Chubb, no. He's gone. No. Running backs in the NFL has a short shelf life. No, wait, hear me. Oh. Running backs in the NFL are considered to have one of these shortest shelf lives. When is Nick Chubb's stock ever going to be higher than it is now? Mm. He's young enough where you can get a high pick for him. I truly think if the analytics department has as much stroke as we're giving them credit for right now, this roster is going to look a lot different. Wow. And so, like, here's the here's the next question. All right, Stefanski's in. He's going to be uh, he's babysat by the analytics department. Uh, won't have the respect of the players because they know he doesn't have final say. Also, though, who is picking the players, Matt? Will it be Andrew Barry? Because hey, another report out is saying Andrew Barry actually has other options. He might not want to come back. What if Andrew Barry tells you, Nah, nah, I'm okay. Like, that would be a bad situation because they've already had one guy tell them thanks, but no thanks. He declined. He flat out declined an interview, and that's the Colts' assistant GM. I don't blame him. Uh, Ed, Ed Dodds. He said, "You know, I got some unfinished business here." Yeah. Which translates to, "I am not joining your, you know what, show." Yeah. Well, no. And Matt, why, why would you? So, who is picking the players on this? Are we back to spark scores? Are we going to be back to like, wow, that guy does really well? Hey, oh, um. Uh, uh, what 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 about his what about his heart? What about his football gut? What about when it's in the cold? Or am I going to end up with a bunch of Corey Coleman's who uh, test well 
but suck and have no heart, no desire, stuff that you can't put on a spreadsheet. As we've said on the show numerous times, Matt, analytics has a place, absolutely. It has to be a part of the conversation in today's world, and every team does it, and it should, but it cannot be the deciding factor. And in this team, it's going to be the damn deciding factor. Who's picking the players? It sounds like a computer algorithm to me. If they can't get Andrew Berry, who was one of the darlings of the analytics department, to come back and run this organization as a general manager, they're in more trouble than we give them credit for. Wow. Because now you're going to be taking a risk on another guy who is likely going to be a first-time high-level executive. They've already said Elliot Wolf is not in consideration because they are going outside of the building, which translates into no football guys will be put in charge of the roster. No football guys in, in charge of football. can't have somebody that actually knows what they're talking about in charge of the roster. This is, this is terrifying. This is terrifying. I know. We're not doing this, much this to is... give Browns fans confidence today, and I apologize for that. What can you do? Uh, how? How do you spin it? You can't. I don't know how you spin this outside of lottery ticket mentality. We'll call it the lotto mentality, Matt, of buy your ticket, hope you win, That's but you probably won't. That's kind of the analytics model for the draft, though, when you look at it. More picks, Because they more traded swings. all those players to acquire and picks to acquire more picks. Oh, my gosh. With the theory, the more shops. We get at the dartboard, the better we, we will be at getting the right guys. To a certain extent, that's not wrong, but you have to know how to throw the damn darts. This if is, you don't, yeah. then getting 15 darts doesn't mean squat. They had 14 picks the first year they did the analytics based model. Two are still with the team. Two. 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 And, and to be honest with you, neither one of them might be next year because guess what? They're both free agents. And you don't want to pay. This is, yeah, you're throwing darts blindfolded and spun around in a circle a few times. Spin the tail on the donkey. Except us fans, we're the jackasses. That, that's what ends up with. We're the donkey. We're, we're, we're getting yeah. the pin in our ass. Good. God. That doesn't feel good. Good. <laughs> Lord. So, th- there, Matt, I, I, th- there's no hope. I'm sorry, Browns. I'm sorry. There's no hope. I don't know. I don't know. I feel helpless. There's no hope. There's, th- I, 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 I don't know. This is all just. You know, we're just all overreacting right now and that maybe they do happen to stumble upon getting it right. I don't know. They've done it five times now and they still can't get it right. So who knows? But that's where we're at with it. We have to kind of just trust and hope that by some miracle, they got this thing right after screwing it up five times in the last seven years. So here's the other difference part too, though. It's not even like you're you're hoping in something that has never been done. We did that the first time the analytics movement came around. We're supposed to trust in something that got you 1-31. and 31. And I know, okay, hey, it was a different time. The roster was in teardown mode. Now you're looking to, to add and you're closer to, to winning. But we're supposed to trust in though? something that's failed. Are you, though? Are you ever going to be in that asset? Acquiring out of that in the analytics model, are you ever going to be out of that asset acquisition mode and get into player acquisition mode? You don't have the people to do that. You're looking at building for the future because if you're building for the future, you never have a present. Future never comes. Future never comes. You know, you know what? For a baseball thing, we saw that with the Cleveland Indians years ago under Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins, who are now with the, the Toronto Blue Jays, right? 
Future, 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 future. Oh, uh, time for the present. Yeah, and then you bring in other guys who actually kind of went for it. But like, well, the the thing with with that is, um, not only did they tear down the roster and hire bad management, they didn't draft well. Mm. They were yeah, they didn't draft well. Snake, I mean, between CC Sabathia and the mid to late, I think it was late nineties, early two thousands, and Francisco Lindor when they drafted him in like twenty. Oh, shoot, I don't even know. Probably like 2011 or 2009, I guess. Um, when They didn't draft a single guy that was an everyday impact player. They drafted a bunch of guys. Yeah. And when they made these trades, they, they talked, oh, he was such a visionary and a genius because he got Carlos Carrasco, he got Corey Kluber, he got this guy, he got this guy. It took multiple years. It took Carlos Carrasco seven years and a demotion to the bullpen to figure it out. And I'm as big a Carlos Carrasco fan as there is. But it took him a long time to figure it out. Corey Kluber took a while to become Corey Kluber. It wasn't just like this stuff happened overnight and then they got lightning in a the bottle. They had to wait multiple years. You can do that in baseball. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in football. You have a farm system. They have, contra- they have contract decisions that they have to make. Miles Garrett is eligible for an extension. Anthony Field after next year is going to be eligible for an extension. Nick Chubb is going to be an, uh, uh, eligible for an extension. Mm. At that point, Jarvis Landry will be three years into a five-year deal. Odell Beckham will have a couple years left on his deal. What do you do with those guys? You have a ton of decisions that need to be made about this roster, and you have a baseball model for building a football team. It's different people. It like I, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. There, there's. It is so catastrophic. It is so. It is such that setup. And again, this isn't on Stefanski because we don't know. So Stefanski, in a nutshell, as a coach, as a head coach, we don't know if he's going to be calling plays. If they come out and say, "Look, we're going to have an offensive coordinator," and I don't know if that guy's going to be any good, but if they say, "Okay, we're going to have an OC," obviously the head coach and Stefanski are going to be involved, but he's going to have the play calling on game day go that way. He'll have final say, but it can go that way. Okay. You know what? That'll give me a little more confidence. That'll give me a little more, all right. If they come out and try to do the exact same thing that we've seen with Hugh Jackson, who did already have a year as a head coach, with Freddie Kitchens, with Pat Shermer, with, boy, keep going, right? Like like all first-time coordinator guys and try to do it. Stefanski will be overwhelmed, and in two years or less, we will see a total blow-up, and it will be, well, now, you know what? We went all in. Now we're going back to football. And, and around we go. And, I don't think it. we're ever going back to just football. I think John Dorsey was the last. This the might be the end of Dee Podesta, though. Like, 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 Matt, this mm-hmm. this has to be, though, if, like, if this fails. It uh, has to be Paul Dee Podesta's last stand. I it's got to be. It's got to be. I'm not. They were on the Ben Coach search when he went 1 31. My God. Think about that. Okay, he was the architect of 131, and they put him in charge of the most important decision in the franchise, finding the head coach. And now he's going to be in charge because basically they're a bunch of yes-men that he's going to be in charge of the next best, most important decision, and that's who to draft. So Paul D. Podesta is going to be a part, a baseball guy who has done nothing with football, of drafting players. Like he was before. My- yeah. 
Good like, Lord. Like 131 all over again. He's Good Lord. Make, if you hire a bunch of guys based off of the criteria that not get along the best guys to do the job, but they're going to be the guys that you work best with, i.e. that will uh, listen to every word that you say, you are betting on the wrong horse. Yep. You are going down the wrong path. And this is wild. The Haslam's have not found the right path yet. There's a reason why this is head coaching search number five in seven years. How do they keep going on this? And they're good people. I've met, I met D Haslam at training. She's a nice lady. Does great community work. J- Jimmy Haslam, I shook the man. T- seems like a good guy. Good. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like what does I'm, I'm putting and Stefanski, you're right, Matt is going to get the, the blame because he's going to be seen on an everyday basis. Not Paul D Podesta. But this thing is and set that, up to, to, to fail. That's it's the biggest fail. problem is that there's no accountability for Dee Podesta. Wow. He, he hasn't sat before the media since his introductory press conference in 2016. Well, no, no, he did at the draft, didn't he? And, and then he, he was saying that uh, Carson Wentz wasn't a top 20 guy and all that in the first draft time. No, he said that. So he took the job in January of 2016. That statement was made after a business summit that he was a guest speaker at talking about NFL analytics. He'd only been on the job a couple months Amazing. and he was back at like an Ivy league school making this presentation. And he said it there. He did not say it in a press conference because he would have gotten destroyed in a press conference. If he said it. he got destroyed anyway, but if he said it in front of a live mic and people got wind of it, not just reported on it. Uh, yeah, that would have, Wow, you've been doing this four months, and you already think you know what a franchise quarterback looks like. There are guys that spend their entire careers not being able to find one of those guys. Man, all right, Matt, uh, that'll do it for this edition. When the Browns get a GM and kind of we get a clearer picture of what's going on with play calling and and the full organization, we'll pop back on for another doghouse here. But um, keep track of Matt stuff. WKYC.com/sports on Twitter at Matt Florjancic. Myself at AndyMC81. Make sure you check out our great our great sponsors at Cleveland Whiskey. Boy, go get yourself some. Even if you're not in Northeast Ohio, you can still check ClevelandWhiskey.com. All the great recipes and, and content they have. Award-winning. Like, they just keep winning awards. Uh, on Twitter, at Cleveland, at Cleve Whiskey, and Instagram, at Cleveland Whiskey. Make sure you check it out. My favorite's the 87, along with the Hickory Wood. But you find yourself yours, award-winning Black Cherry and all that good stuff. So, check them out. Uh, Matt, well, we'll talk soon, buddy. Sounds good, Andy. Have a good rest of the day, buddy. All Sorry right. I couldn't make you feel better about this. Oh, boy. Hit us up, guys. Hit us up on social media. You know, we'll get through this together, hopefully. All right. You've been listening to The Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns.